0: Log Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas and Caballeros.
1: Welcome back to another edition of Leaving Radio I'm your host Dave Duenitz with my co-host Carr, who's running a bit A bit late here on Leaving the Ring No worries, he should be jumping in On about, I don't know, 15 20 minutes, so you're going to be stuck with me For a short bit, let me run you Down what's going to happen here on the show What we have lined up here um, We're going to go into uh, Paul Imanagi losing his job Being terminated to uh, from the Showtime commentator's seat From, uh some uh, some comments he had made in an interview. Uh, we're gonna get into that of uh, what was the one of the reasons why well, well I mean the reasons why he was let go. And then we're gonna get into the 122 division, which this past Saturday on Showtime we got to see some new fresh faces in the division. Talk a little bit about how deep it is and with those new fresh faces that have uh, stormed into the division, how much of a threat they are to it. Also, we're going to talk about that Showtime schedule and COVID-19. You know, COVID-19's out there, still knocking everybody down and out. Um, How real is the Showtime schedule? I love it, but we obviously got to be optimistic about it. Can't forget about Roy Jones and Mike Tyson pay-per-view at a $50 markup. Uh, We'll get into a little bit of that. And then we're going to talk about the heavyweight division the Eliminators, uh some really good names, matchups that have been already announced and made. So definitely a lot of stuff to to talk about on Leaving the Ring. But what I'm gonna take a dive in is the is the announcement that we received um I don't know, what was it Friday or Saturday? I can't even remember. It was a great day. And um showtime after Releasing a phenomenal schedule for boxing fans across the globe and showing that they were still in this game and that they had taken a back seat so that they can really formulate a schedule that was going to be solid. And if somebody was going to fall out of that schedule, as we saw with their first schedule match on August 1st, Saturday night, with Stephen Fullington, who uh, was supposed to uh, get in there with Leo they they had a, an exceptional step in for them okay so Showtime has showed that they're a professional business that they run like a business you know they're just not going to throw shit on the wall and you know hope that it sticks so when I, when i saw that they decided to cut ties with Paulimondi and what Paulimondi had said in an interview was he had talked about the systematic racism that's been going around in the world. Um, and, you know, he had basically said it was, it, it was non-existent. Let me see. Uh, I'm supposed to have D-Style sit in uh, the seat for Car while we wait for Car. Let me see if D-Style's on here with me. D-Style, you there, brother?
0: Yeah, right here, man. Hispanic causing panic on deck. How's it going?
1: Good, brother. Good, good. So let me roll back to what I was talking about with uh Manadi And uh <clears throat> so do you remember the outfit that he was the that outfit he was uh doing the interview with uh D style uh Pauly uh when he made those comments. I'm trying to uh was TV or something like that, right? Wasn't it something ISL, I know was, yeah, yeah. yeah somewhere yeah. out in the UK okay. Now TV, I didn't yeah. He, yeah I didn't hear the whole I didn't hear the interview because they automatically put it down and he put it on on private. But, you know, some journalists were able to to take some of the quotes and put them in an the article so that we can read it. Now, he, he basically was saying that, you know, racism doesn't exist, that it's over exaggerated, uh, it's a narrative that is false. And Showtime had turned around and asked uh, Pauli e. Naji to to an issue, a statement of an apology. And Paul E. stood by what he believed. Now, A, I respect a man like any other man that stands by his belief. And Paul e stood by his belief. Now, I could respect that, but I also could say, is he a stupid man? Yes. He's a stupid man. Not because he stood by his belief, but The beliefs that he believed in are stupid. Now his his loyalist fans out there that go, well, whatever he said, it wasn't to me. That's not grounds to be fired. That's pretty petty for Showtime to jump on him like that and say, you know what, I'm gonna we're gonna get rid of him just like that. And so this is what I gotta say about that. That you gotta look at this a little bit deeper, guys. All right, and. You know, boxing fans, I know we're not labeled as the sharpest tools out of the shed when it comes to the sports world. We just don't hit the high marks, okay? And that's what you got to look into is, is this, is that any corporation, even probably even your own job. I mean, you could be a bagger for all I care. You could work as a landscaper for all I know. There's always something you sign on before you start work. Like right, right, like a liability, right? These stuff. You go on a job, and they yep. say, "Okay, you can start tomorrow, but I need you to sign this here, and you got to write down the, the important things: is your name, your social security, uh um, and and you know, if there's any accident, uh, you know, who do we call, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then they hand right. you a handbook, an employee handbook. Now this is this is a, a real company. This ain't no like off the street around-the-corner-badego type of deal. You know, you're going you're gonna to get a – there's a company that's giving you a handbook, and in that handbook, there's, there's a, a policies and procedures that you're going to follow through. And in most nah, – should I say most or should I just say all? All yep, yep. have these policies and procedures. And in all those policies and procedures, there is a, uh, a, a moral and ethic standard that you should follow. Now, that means if you break out of that moral ethics standard that that company is okay in terminating you. They have the right to ask you to either retract whatever you did, write a written apology, or they don't even have to ask you that. They can break ties with you because you, by contract, broke that bond. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm telling you what I know I've signed – being that I've yeah. been with the union and I own my own business now and et cetera, et cetera, okay? Now, I'm not saying that Showtime saw this one-time deal. What I'm saying is that Showtime has been following Pauline Malignaggi as the rest of us, but some of us with open ears, where others where others love to hear Pauline talk super fast So fast with so many words put in, you know, in a short sentence. And then we like to hashtag facts. Right after that, when we don't even know what he said, all we heard was Pacquiao, PDs, Pacquiao, PDs, that guy from the other country took my job, PDs, and it hashtag 100 facts. But then you kind of, you kind of, you know, shuffle through all the bushes of the bullshit that he's saying, you'll realize that guy doesn't really know what he's talking about, and he likes to throw and spew a lot of misinformation. So I'm sure Steven Espinoza and the other people around in Showtime have listened to this and probably have sat down, Paulie Naji, more than once, and said, "Hey, you gotta, you know, pump the brakes here, little buddy. You can stay on the right. Adderall, yeah. you know." Now. Some folks have hit, hit, me, hit me up on Gmail and say, hey, man, I'm kind of, you know, you've kind of gone hard on Paulie, And you've kind of gone hard on him in the past. Well, if you've been listening to me for years, you know that I don't have a very spot, soft spot for the guy. You know, a matter of fact, you would know that I don't have very much to say about the guy. You know, just that that I, all I could say is I don't think he's a very great human being. I don't like folks that lie. And I don't like folks that try to ruin other people's images and credibility because they're too much of a little man to accept that the other person is successful and may not come from where you come from. And because you're from a spot where you believe that everything should be given to you, and the other guy actually worked from the ground up, you feel slated. So the only way you're going to feel that you believe that you get back what is taken, that it's imaginarily taken from you, is you're going to try to kill this man's or anybody anybody else in that fact. Credibility. Now right. I like the the showtime commentator Poly Mahanaji. I just don't like the off the air poly Mahanaji. You know, I like the the right. Adder- Adder- what is it, Adder- uh, what is it? Adder- uh, drug poly, you know, where he's very calm <laughs> and collective on Showtime. But then off off the yep. cuff, on the bench cocaine user poly Mahanaji on Twitter in real life. That's the guy I just don't care for. You know, And, and I think that, that overall of everything that's built up and listed from his crazy rants about the Trump theories and baseless facts that he throws out there in his podcast to his attacking of, of Showtime and boxing fans that try to communicate him we, with him on a free pa- platform like, like Twitter, it, it really has crossed the boundaries. You, the accusations that he's swung out there. Um, towards uh, fighters, and especially Manny Pacquiao, I-, I think that Showtime has paid attention to it. And I think that this last thing that he said about racism, not exist- existing here, at this moment of what's going on in our country, I think that was the last straw
0: that broke the camel's back. What do you think? Right. Absolutely. Look, obviously, you know, I, I grew up in this country as a minority, so do you, and and, and I'm not expecting everybody to... You know cater to me or kiss my ass or anything like that, but, but don't don't tell me fairy tales either, you know, and this whole like and I get it you know Paimanaji on showtime is not the Paimanji in personal life, and some people say, well, just why can't he just be his own person outside of the of you know of showtime in and, and his private life be somebody else? The problem is it's not private the, the problem is it's very public. Now, the problem is he's on a boxing uh probably the biggest boxing you know uh, outlet out there in i f l in the u k you know saying things like this and and it's one thing to say, you know what maybe he's just ignorant to it and he doesn't understand it, but when the minorities are telling you right not Polly like this stuff is real bro you know what i mean and and you not it's not he just said all right let's agree to disagree and let's move on. No, uh, he kept fighting it over and over well. This guy was getting in public arguments on Instagram and, and Twitter with fans, and not to mention, not even related to this, publicly calling fans idiots and all types of stuff like that. Right? Yeah. So I'm not the employer. Showtime's the one forking out their money to pay him. Right. Right, right. And, and and here's the reality for Paulie. Like the reality for Polly is, I don't see an uprising in, in Showtime subscribers saying, "Oh, I'm gonna unsubscribe from Showtime now that you fired Paulie." And I don't see any. I don't see a movement or anything, right? No. That you they make the right move. You know, so they're the ones paying them. The subscribers are not on, on an uproar about it. So at the end of the day, what I will say is this: I do question, if I'm honest. Why it took them so long after he made those IFL comments, you know? I understand there's a lot going on right now. So I don't know if Showtime did this because they felt there was a morally right thing to do or just the correct thing to do, or if they just didn't want any backlash. And Paulie's the one that put them in this position, right? So hmm. I don't know. Like I do question why Showtime did it or they waited too long. Uh, to be honest, I felt like good riddance about it. I felt like okay, about time. But they did wait quite some time. But, but that's what can argue. That's credit to Showtime. They they gave this guy a lot of chances, and he kept blowing it. You know. So at the end of the day, I, I, I go back to the for your actions.
1: Right. And absolutely. And I think that I'm gonna I'm gonna patch in a mill car in really quick. Hold on. But you know, again, it goes back to the policies and procedures. You know, in any, any business, you have a moral ethic in those policies and procedures, and the company doesn't immediately terminate you. A company, what they do is they got to have a strong base of a termination, especially when it comes to corporate world. You know, they got to have something solid. So I don't think this was just up up in the air, out of the blue. They said, ooh, that comment there is very insensitive. And because we're in a sensitive spot right now, we're going to terminate you. I mean, I, I'm not arguing with you, Deista. It could have happened. But I think it was the trickle of things that yeah. have come to, along with it, you know, because Paulie has been kind of free range when he comes to spewing out whatever he feels like, which, hey, that's what attracted fans – that don't care what is said, you know, because, you know, fans believe sometimes that the trash talking does, shouldn't stop just in, the, you know, after the fight is over, they want to hear it continue. But, you know, Polly, you know, had this show that just never seemed to know how to turn off. Like we really, personally, I don't think we've ever really got to know who the real Paul Malignaggi was because it always seemed to me it was kind of a gimmick of who this guy wanted to be. You know, uh, I what I saw in the sense that I got from the years of watching Polly was a guy that was finding, trying to find acceptance, and trying to find greatness, and would do everything, you know, anything and everything to be famous. Amokar, do we got you there, brother?
2: Yeah. Uh, hey, David, and I hope you're feeling well. And um, apologies, I had a tough no work home back home today. Uh, just to chime in here, real quick, I think. Paulie kind of showed us who he was, uh, you know, in his political views uh, with his podcast. I don't remember if you guys remember his podcast a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, him against
1: uh, him against the world, right?
2: Yeah, and he was just spewing a whole lot of like right wing nonsense, and you know, for someone who who's from a diverse city like New York, the the things he was saying about minority groups, and the guy is Sicilian too, by the way, which is interesting mm-hmm. it's on its own. But you know, the, the things he was saying, and I know he came out very early in Donald, for Donald Trump, and this was, like, right after Donald Trump said those things about, about Mexicans. Um, this is who, who Paulie was. I wonder, though, if it was also a budgetary thing, though, with Showtime, because, you know, I remember, uh, you know, kind of midway through the pandemic, networks were kind of releasing people. I remember Jason Whitlock being one, and there were a few others as well. So I don't know if, the, if it was a budgetary thing, but this was long overdue, as, as, as D-Style was saying. It's, it's, we don't really need a guy like this um, with that kind of a platform. As much as I thought he, he was good at commenting every now and again, the days of Larry Merchant being able to say certain things on broadcast, those days are, are, are long gone. Uh, totally, I totally if I could agree. Just, uh, I just
1: want to
0: add something really quick. Cause, go ahead. Look, when it comes to somebody like in a position like Malignaggi <clears throat> to be saying things about like let's say like Mexicans for example and in a sport by the way that that has a lot of Mexicans in it, I mean, and African Americans in it. There's a lot of minorities in the sport of boxing, but I mean this is the one year anniversary of when a shooter entered a Walmart in El Paso, Texas and shot up a bunch of Me- Mexican people. Okay. Because right. and his manifesto, he wrote down because they're, they're coming here, they're destroying the country, they're, they're they're taking our jobs, and this is something I need to do. That type of rhetoric has consequences, right? Especially if you're in a position like Paul Monash yeah,
3: no, yeah, I mean it.
0: It,
1: it,
2: it has terrible consequences.
1: Yeah, I mean you did. And know one, a large
2: platform too.
1: Yep, he did. He did have a large platform, you know. And and it and it also goes down with that large platform, though, you could see even right now where you have a lot of the European Americans saying, "I don't have a problem with Polly what has what Polly has said in the past." And the reason you don't have a problem with it because it wasn't directed to you. And you know, if you think that you're an American and you're sitting there and you believe well not believe but you feel I don't have an issue with this then you're not an American because you should have an issue with this because that's not the American way I think you know? one of the
2: worst things too guys is that from what I read he was offered the opportunity to apologize and he refused Right. so he actually he could have kept his job
1: yes could have but he stood by his belief. And like I said earlier, Amilcar, um before you had came on, I had said, you know, I respect that he stood by what he believed that he, you know, then you know, he doesn't believe there's racism in the country. He, you know, he's standing by his beliefs. Now, whether it's smart, what he believes in, and I don't think it is. I think he's an idiot. You know, I've never really thought much of the guy when it comes to what's upstairs in his head. Anyways, we got a lot of other yeah. stuff here to talk about. I wanted to, put, you know, us to put our two cents in because we did receive a lot of stuff about people asking what our thoughts about Paulie Malignaggi. Did we agree with Showtime? Uh, I'll ask you right now, D Style. Do you agree with Showtime's move on tar- terminating uh, Paulie Malignaggi and replacing him? Would now, later on, probably within a month or so, we'll probably find uh Paama doing on a Coke bench screaming out, "A Mexican stole my job with Abner Morris taking over his <laughs> mic uh,
0: You know, I agree with the decision, you know what I mean it's, that's just my personal opinion. If they didn't fire him, I wasn't going to lose sleep over it or anything like that, like you know right, but it's not I'm not against it, you know it's, it's I feel like this is Showtime's decision. There is no uproar about this. There really isn't like, you know, if there was a big uproar about it, believe me, uh, they wouldn't have fired him. So I'm not, I'm not losing, losing sleep over to I have no sympathy at all for Pauli Manage.
1: Well, that's because you're Mexican and you're still in everybody's jobs, Vato. Of course you're not losing any sleep, which is right? kind of
0: surprising because
1: if you're still in everybody's jobs, that means you're not getting any rest. A milk car, what about <laughs> you, brother? Is it a, was it a good decision for Showtime? To say, hey, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know what, buddy? Uh, we're not going to want to see you next week in the office.
2: I mean, to be honest, I was surprised he didn't get fired when he said he was going to take shit in that guy's mouth before the uh, bare-knuckle fighting yep. thing at press conference. I I'm mean,
1: sorry, so, you're breaking up bad. What happened? What did you say?
2: So I said that I was surprised that he didn't get fired uh, after he said he'd take a shit in that guy's mouth before the – the press conference or his bare-knuckle fighting debut. Do you guys remember that?
1: Oh, I remember that.
2: I mean, how does a guy who's a broadcaster on a major network that works for a major corporation get away with saying shit like that? It's
1: it boggles even the He spit in mind. the guy's so, face, remember? Yeah,
2: and he, he even... spit in the guy's face. I mean, he, mm-hmm. that's not the type of guy yeah. you want representing you. So, I, I feel like he's done a lot of things over the years. And I do find him insightful at times during fights, but... There are plenty of other people who I think could do his job just as good or, or better. So I, I don't disagree with it. And from a business perspective, d was alluding to this. Like, look, Mexican-Americans are one of the biggest uh, demographics. It's, it, you know They're one of the biggest viewership audiences of, of boxing. You can't be, uh, and other minorities, by the way, you can't be saying things like that and, and expect that a, a corporation that needs to sell subscriptions is going to keep you hired.
0: I mean, just really quick. I mean, look, look, look at the pay-per-views. You got Tank versus Leo. You got the Charlotte twins, okay, coming on pay-per-view soon, right? Dude, there ain't no way, you know, you're gonna be saying the things he said about, you know, George Floyd and Arbery. You know what I mean? And expect African Americans to support Showtime. You still have this dude there, right? You can't expect Mexicans, you know, to be supporting. You know, you know, there has to be a negative impact if you keep Paulie Malignaggi in there, and so I do believe that business had a lot to do with this decision at the end of the day. But you know, I, like I said, I support the decision.
1: There we go. You have three of us here that say we support that decision. You know, i I'll say, you know, I, I'll go, I, I, I'll go back again. I like the. Paula Naji in the Showtime box commentator. seat. I thought he did a good job. I'm not going to lie. I agree with a lot of folks when they say he knows how to call a fight. That's when he's on his low. But when the guy gets on his high and he's out of that box, he's not a likable person. He's just – he's not. Anyways… If you guys want to call in can me can 3, 4, 7, 2, 1, uh two one five seven five nine eight, let us know if you agree. I'll take our first caller before we move on to our uh, next topic here, which is gonna be about the hundred and twenty two division, which I'm excited about. Let's patch in really quick area call area code uh, five one zero. You're on live right now on leaving a ring. What's on your mind, brother?
3: Hey, what's up, Dave? What's up, Amunkar? What's up, Fernando, how you doing?
1: Fernando, que paso? What do you think, Fernando? Was it a good Good idea of uh Manji, bro, or are you gonna miss the, are you gonna miss Homeboy?
3: <laughs> well to be honest, dude, I mean like you' kinda I'm kinda in the same boat with you, man. He was fine as a as a commentator, you know. I, I never uh I try you know, I work I work in construction so I work with like kinda racist people, you know, some people are racist. And Absolutely. I to work with them and it doesn't yeah, it doesn't really you know, it doesn't bother me, <laughs> you know, don't mess with me. We're cool, you know, like whatever. I mean we're not cool but just you know, keep keep that to yourself. And we'll be fine, right. man. We'll go to work together, you know. Same thing, with, like, when I'm watching a uh, fight, I don't really need to necessarily dig into the commentary's political beliefs as long as he's not, like, you know, being aggressive like uh, Pauly was this weekend with it, you know. Um, I do feel like, uh, I hate to say it, man. I know I know you're a big fan of his. I, I'm sort of a big fan of his, too, uh, of Abner's. But uh, I'm not really thrilled with him being the new uh, color analyst. I don't think he's very good. And, uh, I'm not a
1: fan. I'm not a fan. There, listen, listen, folks. Listen, folks. There is an inner racism between Mexicanos and Chicanos. It's been, we've been at war for many, many years. Uh, no, you know what, uh, uh, Fernando? Uh, no, I agree with you. Look, I like Abner Mars. I think he needs to uh, kind of settle into the seat, and then we're going to see where he's at. I think this past Saturday we we heard a nervous – because, it, you know, to be honest, we whatever whatever – you think of Pauly Mahanaji, that is a big shoe to fill up. You know, because Pauly did it naturally. You could really see that was his zone. The only problem with Polly is that he didn't understand that, bro, this was your calling. Like, you didn't have a big punch. You know, you, you weren't going to be the Julio Cesar Chavez of the world, you just weren't going to be that crossover star that you used so much yearn for, you know, you were going to probably be known as a very good c- color analysis. And that's about it. Abner Mars has got to have, he's got a, a lot of work, a lot of coaching, but I'm only going to, wor- uh, you know, wish the best for, for the Faisal homeboy because he is a uh, rasa, and I'm, I'm really happy that, that did we see one of our own uh, get the opportunity to go out there and show, you know, show he's got some talent, you know, and and it's not like Abner doesn't know what he sees. Um, I, he was making some good calls. It's just got it's just got to flow a little bit better. He's got to become more comfortable. You don't you yeah, don't think? A... He... Sorry, go ahead.
3: No, no, go ahead, McCrosser.
2: Go, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say. I mean, Raul Marquez. I always thought he did a really good job, um, calling fights. I don't know what yes. happened to him. And I also thought. The, the magic. Antonio them. Tarver was like one of the best color commentators. Yes. You, honestly, I've ever heard. But he lost his job because of uh, of drugs. I, I actually, he only lost it because he tested positive in a in for for PEDs, right? In one of his right. fights. Right. Yeah. And he, he lost, lost his commentating job. The two are kind of unrelated, but he got they got rid of him. So I think there are other more experienced guys out there, but uh, I I'm, I don't know. I don't think a guy should really be learning on the job for a position like this. Personally, I just think it should go to someone who's already proven themselves, but I might be you know the minority in that one.
0: I, I don't think I you're wrong, though, car. Car. Yeah, they had Raul Marquez in, in the Spanish commentating. I think they should switch now. I think they should have put Adnan Mars in the Spanish, Raul Marquez in English. That's, I think that's what they should have done.
1: Yeah, dude's polished. Very polished, you know. It's like almost Raul
0: Marquez is kind of cursed
1: underneath the Oscar De La Hoya shadow. You know what I mean? He just never seems to want, you know, get out of the poor guy, man. You know. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know, I, I, he, I, you know, who's the decision, decision? It came down to, um, and just to be honest. It's Uncle Al. Al wanted him there, and that's where he went. You know, I actually that tweet I made, uh, D style. I don't know if you saw that in Milcar or Fernando when I had mentioned the Abner Mars was really I was a joke because I know how Pauline Managi was so upset and even trying to get. You know, uh, fault, blacks. I know but he was trying to get he was like, you know, if you remember when he was saying like, oh, Mexicans are taking our jobs, he was trying to antagonize <laughs> black, you know, blacks to, to be against us. You know, because he was like, you guys are the ones who'd be more upset because they're taking your guys' opportunities. And I remember that whole rant. I was like, listen to this motherfucker right here, man. So When I heard this happen, I was like, I hope Adam Mars takes your fucking job, cabron. So now that you have something to really rant about, and then it happens. Who knew that Al was going to you know, listen uh, to me?
0: Dude, if, if he <laughs> said that, I mean, even that's like, like, what does that even mean? Like uh, The Mexicans, those jobs are supposed to be your jobs. Well, what does that even mean? It I don't know, bro.
2: It's code it's word. It's a dog whistle yeah. for, look, African Americans and, and and other black people, like, from the Caribbean and stuff. It, Mexicans, we're all just low-skilled. You know, we don't have college degrees, right. so they're taking our jobs.
3: Divide and conquer, yep. man. Divide and conquer. Yep, yep.
2: You know, they're not taking the jobs of the smart people, you know, the college-educated whites. They're taking the jobs of the underclass. That, that's what that was.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, that, that's why blacks and, uh, and Latinos are the most affected by the COVID, right, because we're the ones out here working. I haven't stopped working since this whole thing started, man. I've been working every day, man. I'm scared. I'm I'm, I'm pretty much scared the whole time, you know?
1: Get
3: so, safe, safe mean, brother. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, like, I work, you know, and that's why we're like the most – uh, people of color are the most affected by this in the United States because we're the ones out here working, man, you know? And,
1: uh, yeah, it's, scary. it's we're, scary. We're the essentials. But, uh, we're the essentials, but we're, we're the, the ones that, that, yeah, we're the ones that are causing, supposedly, you know, we're the biggest threats, you know, us uh, uh, us people of color and stuff. But, uh, Fernando, before we go on our next topic, brother, you got anything you want to throw out there you want to talk about? Uh,
3: no, I'm just, you know, I'll just in because I'm excited, you know, listen to you guys talk about the, the upcoming I uh, hope you guys discussed it the upcoming our uh, Charlotte pay per view, the, the Ramirez fight with Postal and uh I think there's other some other big fights coming up at the end of the month. I don't think there's gonna be yeah. a really big fights this weekend, but I'll still watch them man. I, I enjoy the fight, so I'm excited. I'm glad Boxing is back and I'm glad you guys are back too, man. So thank you for taking my phone call. I
1: appreciate it. All right, oh, thank brother, you. thank you, man. We're definitely gonna touch into the uh, showtime schedule here. You know, but I wanna talk about uh this past Saturday on Showtime uh, we had a 122-stack card there, uh, you know, uh, Anglo-Leo, and uh, you also had uh, the the Beast, Aline, on the card. Uh, you know, that 122 division, guys, I got to tell you, it's starting to really stir up some ring robins here that hopefully are going to happen down the line. Um, you know, Steve Fulton, who obviously caught the COVID-19, uh, he was supposed to be the headliner, um, you know, but but just still with these new names here these these new lines that are coming up in this division, you know you still got you got Ray Vargas Daniel Roman uh, Brandon uh, Figueroa, uh, you know uh, Emmanuel Neverette yeah Figueroa yeah, uh, Neverette is it still there now you know here Neverette is talking about moving up, but let me ask you what you guys witnessed on Saturday do you guys think those guys are a major threat to Neverette? Or, or is this pretty much uh, a style tailor-made for Navarrete to blow through?
2: I mean, I think that Navarrete is the king right now, unless he just can't make weight. I think that he can clear out the division.
1: I got that feeling too, man. You know, I mean, I liked what I saw this Saturday. I did, you know, but I sat there, and this is I – think, I think we do this as, you know, every fan does this, is that we sit back and we watch – who's got the potential of being the threat? Who has the potential of dethroning the king? And what I saw were two two matches with two very skilled fighters that have volume punching, but doesn't have that crunch punch where they're going to make the other guy rethink of coming back in. Um, So that being said, I'm like, Nobody could take these punches, walk through these punches to land his big punches, and he's just gonna finally just make him submit uh, in the in the inside rounds. You ever heard that word D style? Inside the distance or anything?
0: Yeah, time? inside um, the distance. I'm not sure. I, I, <laughs> I, I I have heard inside the distance, but I don't I don't I don't want to open a whole can of worms. <laughs> has he
2: has he decided to move up though I. I wasn't sure about that, so. yeah he had believe... right, so that that was yeah, that was my main thing, I mean, luckily for the the I next mean... up coming group uh, he's he's kind of out of there, but um but yeah,
0: you know, I gotta be honest though i mean i if he can't make it, he can't make it, you know, I'd rather a guy move up than like not make the scale like an area or something and you know enforce it, like you know don't fake it till you make it, but if he needs to move up, he needs to move up. But if he could still make that weight, dude, I really wanted to see that Ray Vargas fight. Yes, we see. could think he'll win that fight, but, but, I mean, you don't know until they step in the ring and fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. And right. You know, until they leave it in the ring, you know, pun intended. And um, I I, I think, you know, Stephen Fulton, I would have loved to have seen him fight him. You know, I mean, there's some fights to be made here. I, I you, know, um, Alim, you know, the beast, I mean, why not? I, if, I just feel like Navarrete, is—he did not leave fighting the best in his division. It's the way I'm feeling about it right now.
2: Yeah, he left a lot of unanswered miss? questions.
0: Yeah, he did. Right. So
1: I guess that leaves the question I'm going to ask you. Uh, and, and, and if I
0: mean, go ahead. If I could just add real quick, I mean, what happened to the days, dude? When when I was growing up, if if there was two Mexicans were in the same division, like it was on. You know, it was yeah, there. it was, like, it yo, was they, destiny. They, they ruled for exactly. They ruled for two Mexicans here on the top. That, that's what Barrera Morales. The media in Mexico blew that fight up. And that's why they got so heated because they kept hearing is he better, is he better. Uh, the fact that Ray Vargas and Navarrete never fought is never going to sit well with me. You know, um, I just think no. that's a fight that should have happened, and uh, it didn't. So, uh, but hopefully I'm wrong. Maybe they'll surprise me. But it doesn't look like it's going to happen.
1: It, it certainly doesn't look like it's going to happen. I mean, I, I'm not even putting hopes onto it because they're really talking about Jesse Magaleno. Um, they're really saying they're struggling with that weight. So it, it really looks like he's going to exit out of there. Now, if he does exit out there where we – that the arrow seems to point that way, uh, a mill car at 122, even though uh, Vargas is still in that division – do, the, uh, do you see any potential other guys that are going to replace Navarrete? The, the, do we see another king among that land of 122? Well, there's
2: the Akhmedaliev, Moria John, Akhmedaliev, who's the unified WBA, IBF, right? So that's definitely a fight I'd like to see as a unification fight with, uh, with Ray Vargas. And, um, you know, I think next on line after those yep. two is kind of Brandon Figueroa. Maybe Louis, maybe you could throw Lewis Neri and Daniel Roman into the mix. I mean, it's a very stacked division, and there's it a is. couple guys out in the UK and, and, and that are coming up as well. I, I honestly, we spoke about this last time. I was I was on air with you, David. I personally think that Dog Bay is like too small for this division. Right. Well, it was evident. Really... It was
1: evident on yeah. his ESPN uh, fight. It was so evident. Yeah. I mean, it was like, yeah, he doesn't belong here. But let me ask you guys. Let me ask you guys this. Okay. Is there, a, is there a definite if-factor guy in this division, though? Or is this division still up for grabs? That's I think grabs. that in
2: these lower weight classes, like the guys that shine through try to unify titles, personally. Mm-hmm. With, which is why, like D-Style, I really feel it was a missed opportunity for, for never to miss kind of that unification fight to kind of take okay. him to the next level.
1: Well, you know, going uh, – if we look down a, a division below the 122s, which is the 118, you do have a, a monster uh, anyway that is now – we're hearing the rumors that he may leave the 118 division. If he hops to the 122, how much of a big of explosion do you guys think he's going to create? I, I, I would love to see it happen, but I'm not – to me, it, it almost is flirting with could he have the power – to hang with these bigger guys at 122 that do have talent that bring up uh, not just one type of certain style that he's going to face. There's a lot of styles that this guy could, excuse me, that could face uh, that he could face to really test whether or not he could be a conqueror at, at, at this no man land. He's never even tested.
2: I would like you to know, see him move up after unifying and, and kind of being an undisputed champion personally. 'Cause he's moved up through these divisions without unifying titles. So I know he's got the WBA and the IBF, but Nonito's fighting uh Ubali and Ooh. I would like to see him fight the winner of that fight personally, by UD style.
0: Look Ubali beat up his brother, so if he doesn't want to fight Ubali, I mean he's gotta avenge his brother's loss, you know what I mean? So Yeah. Huh. I I think anyway, I mean if you guys I don't know if you guys remember, uh you know, Ubali beat his brother for the WBC yeah, I remember. You know, or he de- he defended it. He defended the belt. But anyway, Inouye said no to the WBC. He said, no, nah, I don't want that diamond belt. He, like, waved it off. He told him, no, nah, I don't want that. I got that ass. No, nah, I'm going to beat that dude for that belt. So that's what I thought. You know what I mean? So I like to him to fight Obali, but but man, there ain't no guarantee Obali gets to Donair. If Donair at 118 has the power to knock anybody out, he, he almost had Inouye out of there. Um, or at least he had him in some trouble. Inouye kept his composure pretty well, actually. But then with Inouye, he's actually, he's not just like a a brute, though. He just has a big punch. You know, the guy a box in there. You know, but I just think I would like to see him naturally fill into 122 pounds. Right? And, and speaking of 122, you know, guys from 118 to 122, I mean, where does Neri fall? Because if Neri is mm. still trying to fight at 118 after missing weight like three times, I mean, how many times do you have to lose, miss weight? You know, till you figure out the, it, that's not your division anymore. Uh, you know, so Neri anyway at 122 are two guys to really look out, out for uh, if they eventually do move up. Uh, but to me, the king of the division, there is no king. Even though Ray Vargas, Ray King, he's probably the best in the division, in my opinion, right now. It's still, he has to prove it, though. Uh, I need to see him fight a lot of these guys. Yeah, I like to take on Dahlia. I like too. Yeah. Yeah. That,
1: too. Well, there you have it, 122. There's still a lot there to be answered between all the little Warriors in twenty two 122 uh, uh, division. Even if anyway jumps up there, um, you know, it's still – he's got unfinished business. I, I, I agree with you, Milkar. He needs to do something. He needs to leave a mark before leaving. The one eighteen and uh, Navarrete, it'd be it'd be great if he decided to go against uh, Ray Vargas, so that we could get these those answered. Uh, who is the best Mexican fighter there at one hundred and twenty-two? Yeah. Uh, let's move on, man. You know we got the biggest fight of the year, even though it's been a really shitty year for us here on two, two, uh, 220. Um Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. I know a milk car was doing backwards <laughs> when that happened. You know. I know that's why he decided to go to the beach today to celebrate. have some uh, uh, mai tais there and uh, kick his feet in the sand there. Uh, I'll go with the milk car, man. What were what your thoughts about that happening? Kicking off there, brother. Uh, I
2: mean, did you guys see Roy against Enzo Macaronelli?
1: Oh yes, I did. Yes, yes, I did. I mean, man.
0: I I, should, I think when he wiped uh, when he knocked him, he knocked me up too. I don't remember.
2: It was really, really bad. So, I mean, and when I watch training videos of Roy now, it's just like he's even pot-shotting the heavy bag and the double-end bag. He's not – I I just don't see him really being active or, or quick or fast. or. I mean, his attributes kind of dissipated in his late 30s and now he's in his early 50s. And then Tyson, I mean, was quitting in all of his, his last fights. i when I think of this fight, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna watch it. I, I obviously am. I see it as. Well, actually, you know, I have a lot of questions though, guys, because uh, they're wearing headgear, right? I heard no. they're wearing headgear. They're
1: not wearing headgear. They're not wearing headgear. No. And uh, it's not I could be wrong, now.
2: Because I heard like I heard it was like headgear and like huge gloves. So that that plays a factor too. But if Tyson. Doesn't get Roy out of there early. I don't know if he's got the stamina to to continue on. But I, I if he if he catches him early in the first couple of rounds, I, I I see a very
1: scary uh, Roy Jones. Well, did you see Mike Tyson? Knockout. Did you see Mike Tyson in his last uh, when he had that sparring uh, exhibition? Did you watch that? And didn't, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch that. He had a, he had an exhibition before, and he basically carried. A, uh, the guy that he got in the ring with—I mean, he even dropped him and didn't let him fall. He held him up, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, and he was like throwing—not very fast punches. Uh, uh, it, it was really bad. Look, this is this is My, my thing about this, okay? Yeah. Which is on it's on September twelfth. Mike Tyson's fifty-four. Roy Jones is fifty-one. Yeah. It should be it should be dubbed the GoFund Retirement Fight its price tag is at 50 bucks. Okay? Now, <clears throat> this is how funny we are as Fight fans. Hashtag Stream City. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is where we're at. We're funny as Fight fans, is that the showtime scale gets rolled out. The Charlo <laughs> get a pay-per-view spot, and Danny Garcia and Errol Spence get a pay-per-view spot. Fight fans are like, great schedule, but really pay-per-view. Oh my God, that lasts for a day. The next following morning, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones gets announced, pay-per-view. That I will pay for. That is awesome. I love that. That just takes me back to the 90s. Like, are you guys kidding me? Then, on Friday, on the Zone, on the on, on the Golden Boy card, a female yeah. gets knocked out cold. Seven because seconds. Seven seconds, right? You know, uh, shouldn't have belonged, shouldn't have been there. And you have these same fans that are screaming, oh, my God, this should have never happened. But yet you're celebrating Mm. two guys that have no business being back in the ring, especially one of them who's been knocked out not just once cold, but several times cold. That could, that could honestly just one more punch by one of the most devastating KO guys that, is ever, that the world's ever produced. If, if, if Mike has a flashback of, of anything and decides just to whip a mean left, left uppercut to Roy Jones, that could cost the life of Roy Jones Jr.
3: And yeah, I, I mean, Roy wanna...
2: Jones – sorry, go ahead, Dave.
1: No, go ahead. Go ahead, what you're going to say.
2: I was just going to say he better hope that the Mike Tyson that fought Kevin McBride shows up. I mean, that's pretty much his only shot. I mean, Roy, Roy's knockouts were all scary as fuck, too. I mean, they were exactly. scary knockouts, man. Yep.
1: This You know, the Roy that wanted to fight Mike Tyson was the Roy that beat uh, John Ruiz. You guys remember that? And that's when he was yep. really flirting with the heavyweight division. He went out there. He picked the weakest link out of the heavyweights. And, you know, it was a great performance, but we knew that he had this, the abilities to beat a John Ruiz, okay? Because, you know, Lennox Lewis was the reigning heavyweight at the time, and he was no way no how going to get in there, but he was already always flirting with, I want to fight Mike Tyson. Now, this is a way long overdue of it happening here, okay? Um, I don't, I just can't seem to get a bit excited about it, you know? I I, I know that... Some folks are like, well, you know what I mean? It's better late than never. Sometimes there's just some fights that it just shouldn't even never happen because of this reason, okay? Now, here's the thing. Let's just I – because mean, people are like, but, dude, he looks such in shape. Mike Tyson, have you seen his videos? Mike Tyson, D-style, have you seen his star? Sh- his sh- <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, come, Mike, come on, man. The guy looks in great shape, right? Okay. Yeah, he looks in great shape, guys. But here's, here's my other question. Amilcar, how much, how much PDs do you think this guy's taking right now? Because Bro, I don't you know about a question about right out of my mouth.
2: I mean, is right, he being tested?
1: You know, there's no testing in here. And if we're talking about a guy that's been sitting in a goddamn smoke box for how many hours smoking his ass off, then all of yeah. a sudden looks like a you know, a fucking chisel uh, uh, right. uh, statue? Come on.
2: He was smoke he was smoking when he signed the contract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, <laughs> I definitely I noticed, think he's I definitely think he's juiced. He looks like a guy who's in his fifties that takes testosterone. I mean, have you guys oh, seen Joe on. Rogan's physique, oh yeah, Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan admits he takes testosterone uh, supplementation. I mean, I he looks like that. Like he looks like Sylvester yeah. Stallone looks yep. or looked. You know, it's it's not natural for a man at fifty to be looking like that, even though he's a fellow plant based diet guy. I mean.
1: You don't don't look like that. It it could be natural. But if you would see the guy had a, like, like, listen, Bernard Hopkins has never been tested. So I play this very, I'm going to say this very lightly. You know, but Bernard's not been known to abuse his body. He's always been known to be kind of a health freak. So for me to see Bernard... If he took off his shirt and he still got that physique and cut of an athlete, it's believable. But Mike Tyson, a year ago, was walking around with a dad's bod and smoking yeah, and like a train. Was
2: never cut like that.
1: Exactly, that's what I'm saying, yeah. He was never, <laughs> he was not, you know, this guy was not known to go sit there and gorge and sit in a smoke box and talk to folks. I mean, Mike, Mike has shown his lifestyle. He's shown his. He's become, which is he's you know, all. It's you know. Hey, you're supposed to you know now and now embrace everything you've created. You know the guy lived a tough, hard life, but I can't sit back and not say these guys are not juiced out of their freaking minds. Holyfield, oh my God, I want to make a comeback. Did you hear about that, Dees, now? Huh? I want to make <laughs> well, a I'll comeback. You
0: shouldn't happen, man. Look. Go ahead, bro. Either Tyson's going to knock him out early And everyone's going to be terrified And all these no. casuals That are pumping up this fight Are going to turn around and tell us See, this is what's <laughs> wrong with boxing Okay, like, like you're the ones pumping it up But, right um, Or right. they're going to gas out like Tyson's going to gas out After uh, after a fucking round Okay That, that dude was sitting Absolutely. in the mix And the dude's like uh, I'm there I'm <laughs> oh,
2: He was on the mix <laughs> Ten second, fifteen second <laughs> clips. He wasn't. He didn't show us he was doing that for a whole round.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And he was kind of falling off a little bit. It's not the old Tyson. I keep them, those are heavy edited clips too. But oh yeah, it's. I'll tell you what though. If he lands flush on Roy, Roy's going to sleep. There's, there's no other way around it. That's gonna be the oh, yeah. hardest punch Roy's ever been hit with in his life, right? From any fight he's ever had. So
2: Plus, like, it, they've been
0: knocked out repeatedly. Yeah.
2: There's that too.
0: You know. So if, if something happens to Roy, I don't want to hear all these casuals come out and say this is the problem with boxing, and ain't they they the real boxing fans hyping this shit up. Okay. Like this, this is a casual event the way I see it. I'm gonna tune in, you know, and I'm just gonna hope nothing happens to Roy. Uh, but but there's really nothing good that could happen out of these guys, like. And Let's say Tyson comes out and knocks Boy the hell out. It's going to be like a scary moment. You know what I mean? If they gas out, you know, it's going to be horrible. Or they're just having like a light sparring session. I mean, really, is it worth paying pay-per-view for a light sparring session? So if they're hugging each other for 12 good. rounds,
2: people are going to complain.
0: Yeah. Well, oh, they're going to complain. You, people, are, people are not going to be happy.
1: <laughs> people are not going to be happy with this. I mean... You know they're 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 gassing themselves up for something that it's just it's going to be bad. There's nothing in this
0: that's going to be, be exciting. A pick, if he knocks out Roy in the first round, they're going to gas him up and they're going to put him in there with some top ten heavyweight. All oh right, my just, god! Just, just you can
1: you can just hear the freaking talks of this guy. Of of especially commentators that the the guys that are going to commentate who I don't even know who it's going to be yet, but uh, you know it's going to be somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Then you're not going to hear about the fight at all. You're going to hear about all his little life problems and who's took it what from him. But no, you're going to hear. Oh, you know Mike Tyson could get in there and still with fight with the best of them with Tyson Fury and Deontay. It's just it's not going to be an ending. Andy, and, and sir. So anyways, I want to get away from this. I think we've spent enough time with that with joke of a, of a spectacle of a fight that's going to happen on September twelfth between Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Uh, grew up on these guys. Love those guys. Fifty four, fifty one. You know, again, I call it. I have dubbed it the GoFund Retirement Fight of the Century. Um, and you know what? I'm not. I'm. You know. Yeah, I am. I mean, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna ridicule you if you're pumped up about that fight. I, I I think that a strong wind can blow and your pecker will stand up at that at this case. Now it, it's just that bad. But let's go into the showtime schedule here, guys. I think that's more exciting and more realistic because these are actual active fighters that are happening. You know, um, let me go with the big. What, let me ask you guys this: on the September uh, list right now, you got Benavides. You definitely got, you know, uh, the, the Charlo brothers. You got uh, uh, Sergey Nippets on, on there. Uh, Devontae Davis, you know, uh, uh, David Benavides. But out of all the guys that's mentioned, who's um, – let me ask a milk first. Who's the standout that excites you the most that's on the schedule for 2020 on Boxing Showtime?
2: Uh, you were specific to Showtime? Yes, I would. I would say it's definitely the pay-per-view card with Charlo Devranchenko and Charlo Rosario because I, I think those two fights are both very competitive fights. Um,
1: you, you think? You believe that's? A, you believe that's a pay-per-view uh, worthy? That, that that's that's. You're like you're perfectly fine, dishing out your hard-earned money to watch that, right?
2: Uh, I'm not. Uh, perfectly fine dishing out my money for it and in an era where we're used to paying for ESPN Plus and in the zone it's tough to think about forking over money for that but I mean it's a much better fight than David's Santa Cruz which is also on pay-per-view and which I don't think is pay-per-view worthy at all right
1: um, let me ask you D, let me ask I'm going to get right back to you Mokar, but I'm going to ask yeah. D-Style what about you D-Style is that is that pay-per-view worthy, are you happy that you I mean, are you okay with paying with paying a pay-per-view price for the Charlo fight?
0: I mean look the only issue I have with these questions as far as when when anyone is asked do you think this pay-per-view worthy? is that of Mm -hmm. course anybody would rather it be on free showtime you know what I mean? Like, so if you ask, like, would I rather that? you know what I mean? Of course um is it worthy? I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, it's if you, am I? I'm willing to pay for it. Is what I'll say. Okay. Okay. Now whether it'll okay. be reluctantly or whether I'm gonna just you know I'm gonna I'm probably gonna put on my bill. We'll wait a month and a half to pay, but I'm still gonna pay it. You know.
1: Okay. But so let's stop there. I, That's definitely. You, yeah. You're gonna pay for it. You know. But and your yeah. stance is That's exactly right. where a milk car is. Is which I'm gonna pay for it, but. If, you know, if it, if an after pay went to the OTT uh, standard, I would think that's a better idea, right? That's what you're kind of basically saying, right, a car? If it rolled down to the. Top, yeah, I mean,
2: I'd much rather this fight be on the zone or on ESPN, but, you know, it's the nature of the business, and PBC strictly works with Fox and with Showtime, and, you know, the two Charlo. Command a certain pay Uh, I'm pretty sure that It's incentivized with the fact that they have uh, World titles so I'm sure there's a minimum That they need to get And um, yeah I mean it's the business It's it's on pay-per-view I'm not happy about it being on pay-per-view But of all of the cards that are on Showtime coming up I think it's the most Most compelling
1: Very compelling But it leaves me with this here This is where I'm getting to This is where I'm getting at I think that we need to realize is with Showtime. You remember when everybody was trying to do in hashtag Showtime's Dead? Showtime's because HBO had exited out the building of boxing. You know? Yeah. Uh you know, Showtime decided I'm gonna end our long affair boxing and we're gonna write out because we really don't need you. We have our subscription base. And everybody was like, "Well, Showtime, you're not even doing anything. You're not even, you know, Stephen Espinoza, Mr. Weasel, you're not doing shit." Hashtag, you guys are dead. And the OTT entered and said, "We are here to see boxing," and it now became hashtag pay per views dead. You guys, remember that?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: I think what we've seen with this pandemic, this pandemic that's been going and happening, is continue. That they, ESPN Plus and Zone haven't stepped up, guys. Hasn't shown a shit. I think no, it is. No, I think Eddie Hearn,
2: like, Eddie Hearn entered the game running his mouth, but didn't anticipate yep. COVID coming. And, no, I don't think
1: anybody did. I don't think anybody. No, I, he had no way of, of, of no.
2: foreshadowing what, what ended up happening. And, you know, Zone I think, is struggling. I, I'm going to admit it. I stopped paying my, my Dazone. I mean why would I? Everybody did yeah. Everybody
1: exactly. You know, the thing with the zone is they had no plan the way our president had no plan for this thing here, you know. And the sad part about it is that the OTT system is being swallowed and falling apart pretty, pretty fast, you know, because even with the top rank cards which top rank were the first Guys, to step up to the plate and say, "I'm going to put boxing back, box, boxing back on, on, the platform." It didn't even go to our ESPN um, Plus. You know, like I'm, well, I'm paying. You know, we, people were still paying for ESPN, ESPN Plus, but there is no boxing there. It's going strictly to your ESPN. So no, and the boxing apps,
2: that's there is pretty low, low boxing.
1: Exactly. You know, so yeah. I think what Showtime is showing us, like, look, I see. You're going to have to get used to the pay per view thing. It's not going to go away because it's not that easy to make you just kind of disappear. We got to figure something out. I also believe I need it's to because. Add this to go ahead. Tie it in, brother.
0: Well, well here, here, here's the issue. So, you know, it's us fans want to pay the least amount of money, okay, for mm-hmm. boxing, and we want all the yes. best fights, right? Which is reasonable, of course Absolutely. do. Absolutely. But fighters now, bro. Are making more money than ever. I mean, people forget that Whitaker's team was offering Chavez ten million dollars for the rematch. Okay, and that was a very lucrative fight. Okay, and that was considered like a record-breaking amount of money. So we're in an era now where guys are scoffing at one point two million. You know what I mean? We're in an right. era where these guys, a lot of fighters, aren't haven't proven anything. And they're like, twenty thousand. What are you talking about? I, I got 5 million, you know, Instagram followers. You need to pay me more. You know, Instagram right. doesn't pay for shit, but apparently we've got to pay more for that. So the problem is this, man. If if the fighters are going to make more money, the money has to come from somewhere. Like it's not, it's not, it doesn't make mathematical sense that we're going to be paying less for an app and fighters are going to be making way more, Right. And that, that makes no sense whatsoever. So a lot of these fighters, if they want to make, if they be, really believe they're worth the amount of money they're asking for, the only way to test that is to put them on pay-per-view, especially now that there's no gig. You know what well, I mean?
2: Part of the explanation that was given by uh, Evan from the Aficionados podcast was that the pay-per-view model didn't, pay the fighters all that they were worth because half of the revenue was just being eaten up by the cable distributors, right? right? So half of the pay-per-view that you're paying automatically went to Time Warner or Comcast or whoever you guys have out there, and then the other half, you know, was split up between the promoter, the fighter, the manager, etc. So the idea with the OTT was that you're eliminating all of that. It's kind of eliminating the middleman, and the customer is paying directly to the promotion with no cable or satellite middleman. The problem is is that COVID hit, and no one could fight, and most of us canceled our subscriptions. So until we see that there's a regular schedule of activity on the horizon, we probably will not be resubscribing to platforms like The Zone. So, it's going to be a long. Interim, yeah. I th-
1: I we think need to a see hard. a steady
2: schedule. We need to believe right. that like our money is going to be you know that it's going to be worth our money.
1: Well, first impressions are everything, but I'm and this yeah. is what I mean right now with The Zone. The Zone has left a very bad taste with fans. It's going to be very long from now for them to gain trust back in the fans because they really honestly they have dropped the ball of 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 even trying to keep the interest in fans, you know like there was their their attempt was second to zero anyways I don't want to get stuck too much with this here because we we got a lot of stuff here to talk about guys, and we don't have much time, so we got to crunch a lot of stuff here, and we haven't even got to the tip of the iceberg here of what we, we have Risney had talked about. We were going to t- talk about it. We were going to talk fights, and I think we've kind of went off track here of what we decided we were going to discuss, right? Um, let's go with Jamal Charlo. 30, 30 wins, 22 knockouts. It's on pay-per-view September 26th, a double header with his brother Jamal Charlo, but first, Charlo's going to be facing Sergey Dermanchenko. 13, two losses, 10 KOs. Let me go down the line here. D style. Who you got? Who do you think is got the edge over each other here?
0: Look, I I think uh, uh, David Davinchenko is going to give him fits and hell, but I think it's going to go the other way around too. You know what I mean? I think Charles Jamal Charles' power is is real. I think when he hits uh Devin Chinko, I think he's gonna really um, he's gonna feel that power, man. When that straight hit lands and it will, I think that's gonna turn the fight around. It's gonna and believe it or not, I do believe uh, Devin Chinko is gonna be a little tentative after he feels the power of Jamal, and I think that's gonna allow Jamal to take over the fight, man. I I got Jamal. I originally was staying round knockout, but I'm gonna go by decision. Uh, possibly controversial decision, but I- I'm going to go with Jamal.
1: There you go there. What do you think, Car? You-, you think he's on point, or you think uh, I, uh, he's been uh, I, uh, sipping a little bit too much of that grandfather cough drop, jet uh, uh, Medicine?
2: No, I think he's right on point. In fact, I agree with his prediction. I think that basically Charlo's in his athletic prime. Devin past his athletic prime. We've been rating Devon Chenko off his performance against Triple G, but Triple G's also, I think, has has been one of the old, most overrated fighters of the past few years, personally, but well, I know a lot Hater. of people disagree with that. No, Hater. I just, I, just, I, I just, I'm basing that on his level of competition. I mean, you <laughs> knock out Steve Rolls, okay, great. But, right. Um, you know, I mean, when he's in there against high-level competition like Danny Jacobs, he doesn't blow them out of the water. You know what I mean? So he, he's, but he was past his physical prime. So we, we had a fight with two guys who were past the physical prime. And, yes, Devon Checo took him to his limits. But um, I don't see him doing that against Charlo. I see him, based on his amateur pedigree and his professional experience, I see him, uh, you know, pushing it to the end in terms of a decision. But I think that Charlo is going to get the victory. And if it is close, it's going to go to Charlo.
1: Yeah, I, I I I agree with you guys, um, but then here's the one thing: the comparisons of uh, Gennady Golovkin and Charlo. I I believe the I believe Charlo is is, is physically strong. We're gonna see that, okay? I don't think that Dermonchenko is gonna be able to push back uh, Charlo as as much as he was able to do with Gennady Golovkin. And I'll tell you the difference. I don't think that there's a step back in Gennady Golovkin. What I think is the style is different. Charlo to me is got, he's a big, he's a big guy, but he's also very aggressively athletic, which is different from a very methodical break you down style of Gennady Golovkin. And those are two different uh, styles to get a, a handle of. So I think it's going to be an ugly fight. I also believe that this is a pull, probably the best trial that we're going to see. Um, it's either going to be one of those where you're going to see a lot of fans saying that Dermachenko exposed them, or it's going to be one of those where you're going to see the best of this guy pulling from the back of his ass or whatever he can to try to get a very game fighter that's going to be in your chest on that night. I, I, I love this fight, man. I think I'll, I'm excited about it. And it is definitely a fight that that everybody was asking for for this young warrior to step uh, step up and face you know in opposition. So that is a great great matchup. Now on the same night, you know, uh, J- Jermel Charlo is going to be facing uh, Jason Rosario. Now Jermel Charles is a thirty 31- one. 31 uh, 33 uh wins one uh one loss and 17 KOs and he's facing Banana with 20 wins, one loss, one draw, 14 KOs. Now, you know, Banana came bursting into the scenes by knocking out J-Rock, you know, just giving him a a, just a hellacious beat down. How well do you think he's going to handle him there, uh, Mokar?
2: I uh of the two Charlos I'm more impressed with uh you know, um W- with the middleweight uh, than I am with the light middleweight, I think that uh, uh, we're going to see Rosario kind of push him to his limits. And I don't want to say he's going to stop him, but I think he's going to win this fight. I'm not I'm not as impressed by this Charlo. And, and Jamal and, uh, and his brother make, mixed up when I'm referring to them. But, yeah, I see... I see Charlo getting tested. Um I see him in a very uncomfortable fight because Rosario's very awkward and it took him a while to kinda of get a read um in in his in his last in his last few fights Tony um the first one. I see I see Rosario giving him trouble and another story. But I was very impressed by, by Rosario in his last fight.
1: Well, this guy got dropped off. I don't know what happened with him there. But, uh, you know, I mean, here, look. I think with, with this Charlo here is that he's got to go back and watch uh, Rosario. He's got to watch a lot of tapes on him because the fact is he's going to be getting a world win come at him, you know. And uh, this guy is a hurricane. This guy doesn't stop. He throws punches from all over. Um, oh, yeah. He's going to come forward. He's going to take – whatever you decided to deliver and he's going to open the package and he's probably not going to be surprised at what you're going to bring him.
2: No. And he this can is, take a punch
1: too. That's it. Yeah. That's what I mean when he says that he's not going to be surprised, you know, and so that he's got to have a plan and that it's going be very strategic. He's got, I mean, he's got to give, he's got to give Rosario angles. He just can't stand in front of him and think I'm going to mu- muscle him the way I think that his older, you know, his other brother, um, is going to probably do with Dermon Chanko. These guys, yeah, they're they're going to have to do something completely different, you know. Here, I also think Germal you
2: know, is a better fighter than Jermel. Uh Jermel being the light heavyweight, I, I think right. Jamal is a much smarter fighter. I also think he's um, calmer, both inside and outside of the ring, especially outside of the ring. And I I just see him getting very frustrated with with Rosario's style. Um, he's a it's you know anyone who's 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 Fox obviously knows it it's very difficult to fight guys with an awkward style, especially guys with an awkward style that can kind of take a punch. Um, you know, and, and those those kind of wide angles and, and you know, unorthodox uh, punches from all kinds of angles are going to trouble them, personally, I think. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. The other thing, too, the factor in all of these fights, David, is the COVID-19 pandemic and
0: the
3: yes. time
2: outside of the ring and what these guys have been yes. doing. You know, has he been – be sharp um mentally is it going to be hard to get back into things after been having been off for such a long time you know in, in these circumstances i think that's another factor as well
1: yeah that's my whole thing here is that you know what you know what i wanted to say to the kiddos that are listening to our show here that tune in every week is that you know i i you haven't seen me get overly excited on social media or talking about a lot of the fighters because the fact is is that we we have part of the, in, in all history, the heaviest p- puncher out there right now, which is COVID-19. They've been taking out a lot of these fighters. And, you know, Showtime, um, Tim Smith just having a recent interview with Kurt on the Boxing Esquire. Um, that I just posted on Leaving Ring mentioned it. That they've been waiting and watching everything, but at the same time, when they're when they were rolling out these plans of fights that they're going to have, they also had they've had a very solid backup plan. You know, so they're very much aware that these fights that they laid out for us, they were very exciting. Um, the possibility that they may not happen is there, and they're realistic about it. You know, Yeah, so that's going to
2: take a mental toll on you as well, like the fact that you're trading for something that might get canceled. You know, we're really both looking forward to the Joe Joyce-Daniel Dubois fight. You know, it was scheduled, oh, yes. and it was postponed, and it was canceled, and then they had to fight these interim fights, and they're saying it might happen later on this year, but then they're also saying it might not happen. So I think that's got to play its toll on fighters as well.
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. let me see let me got I think we got D style back on here really quick. Uh D Style, you there, brother?
0: Yeah, I I don't I think I hit a death spot or something. But it is what it is.
1: Oh no worries. no worries, man. So just really quick, let me get you a quick prediction here on the other Charlo brother facing the banana. What do you think, man? What's your pick?
0: Banana Jason Rosario. You know, um, I think we're going to find out, man, if if he just had a great performance. You know, sometimes guys just have that one night where everything goes perfect for them, like he did with the Julian Williams, you know. Uh, was that J-Rock thing? Just, you know, is it going to be his one crowning moment that we're going to talk about in the future, or is, is he for real? You know what I mean? And I think this is a fight where we're going to see. And what I will say is, as far as Charmel Charlotte it took me... I like saying that because it took me years to like tell the difference between the two, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, I swear to God. But... Uh,
1: I just call them the, the Mego 20, twins. That's what I call them. The,
0: the, the Tony Harrison fights showed me a lot about... Even in... Like, as far as, you know, Jamal and his character in that ring, man. Like, he, he sort of mm. grinds it out if you has to. Okay? But, I also see that if you press them enough, you know... You, can, you get to him, and I think that, that I, I I feel, and I might be a minority in this. I, I don't I didn't hear what you guys said, but I think Adio could can, can pull it off. I think I, he might win a, a close decision.
2: No, oh, I, I said the same thing. These style when yep. you were off air, that the, that the style, yeah. the style okay. might trouble him. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: I think no, all, I think it's going to be a little. Yeah. Too, too, yeah.
1: No, I, I I agree with you. I think we're all on the same page in that. You know, um, I'm going to move on. Like we got, there's two more fights on that schedule. I want to talk about. I think that is worthy yeah. to speak about. Just like, but like we had mentioned a little earlier, hopefully the COVID-19 doesn't decide to say, man, it ain't gonna happen. I mean, stop it there. But you know, uh, as well on pay-per-view, October 14th, we're going to have Javante Davis stepping in with uh, Leo Santa Cruz, a milk Ooh. car. Excited or are you like the rest of the fans out there that are saying like, Really? Leo Santa Cruz, that's a that guy no more man 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 What do you think, bro? Good you go, Milcar. Don't tell me you left too.
2: Oh sorry, I was sorry, I accidentally I'm kind of in that group, David, but I will explain my opinion. Um Go ahead. <laughs> Santa Cruz is kind of a volume puncher. That's moved up in weight. I, I don't really think he's got the power to trouble Davis. I think if anything's going to trouble Davis, it's going to be if he has a bad training camp and he comes in overweight. Um, which I mean, I mean, Gamboa.
1: Uh, Gamboa doesn't really, didn't really have power to trouble Davis, and he troubled him.
2: You mean? Um, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Gamboa.
1: Yeah, um, yeah Yorkies. Gamboa. Trouble. But,
2: but Davis, I don't really think he was in that great shape for that fight, and I, I honestly think that Gamboa has more power than Santa Cruz does. Personally, I've always seen I've always seen Santa Cruz as kind of a volume puncher that right. kind of outworks I, I his that. way to victories. Um, yeah. and, and, You know. If he wasn't po- punching powerfully at lower weight classes, I mean, I don't see him, you know, hurting or, or you know, pushing Davis really back because Davis is also quite strong. Um, his name, Tank, is actually derived from the fact that he's like a very, like, physically strong, sturdy guy, even though he's very, very short and fights in a lower weight class. i it's not a compelling fight for me, and I do not think at all that this should be on pay-per-view.
1: I agree that, with you on my, that. It should not be on pay-per-view. But, so you believe Devontae wow. Davis takes this? Yeah. Okay. D-Style, you're out there. Wow. You're in the background saying, wow. Okay, what's, yeah, what's yeah. the well? Should, fill me so, in. So, fill so, me so in,
0: I'll say, man. Santa Cruz has lost one time. They've People are talking about this is a washed-up dude. that not even like... This is a, you know, he is one of the best fighters in boxing. Now I get the point. He's just a volume puncher, man. Let, let me tell you something. He ain't gonna watch the center. Field, right? Like at, at the end of the day, he, he, you just have to hit hard enough to catch a dude's attention. And when a guy reveals to you who they are, which Tank Davis has done time and time again, missing weight and, you know, looking puffy in there and, you know, not, not looking like the best. Believe them. Right? Adrian Broner kept showing people who he was over and over again. And I, yeah, but he ain't going to beat Maidana, though. I mean, Maidana, really? And, again, and hmm. Maidana's different than Santa Cruz. He's a power puncher, okay?
1: And he'll dry hump you. Don't Santa that. He Cruz, will dry If hump you. this
0: fight goes past six rounds, it's going to be a long night for Tank Davis. A long night. You yeah. better get Santa Cruz out of there. The way a lot of you guys are saying, he's going to get Santa Cruz out of there. Because if he doesn't do that... It's going to be a long night. He's going to get out worked. He's going to get out-hustled. He's going to have to throw the most punches he's thrown in his career to go 12 rounds with Neil Santa Cruz. And that I could promise you guys that. Santa Cruz is going to be on... He's going to fight him on the inside. He's going to stuff his punches. Something. He's going to uh, have his guard up.
3: Did you,
2: what, what did you think about the Frampton, the Frampton fight?
1: Say that oh, again, Amilcar. You're what breaking up that? really bad. You're breaking was up at, really bad. I was asking
2: about the Carl Frampton fights, uh, the Santa Cruz fights with Carl Frampton.
0: Mm-hmm. Hello? Yeah. I, I, I think you asked me what, what I think about the fights with Carl Frampton. Yeah. Well, I thought they were good fights. You know what I mean? I thought they were good fights. I, I thought he won the rematch. I mean, I, thought, it was yeah, I thought he won.
2: I thought he won the rematch as well. Um, I, I just... I feel that that there, I, I I think that there's a strong chance that he gets he gets. I'm not saying that that Tank Davis is going to blow through him. I actually don't see the, the, the fight going that way. Um, I just think that he's going to be too strong for him, and that he's really just not going. It, it's going to be a bigger guy against a smaller guy, and as as hard as he's going to be fighting, he's just going to get pushed around, and and. I, and I mean, like I, just how I see it right now i could I could totally be wrong, and again, if tank Davis has a yeah. bad training camp, I mean this all goes out the window obviously
1: let me let me jump in. let <laughs> well, me tell you guys yeah. what I think here really quick, okay I think that you know, I think both of you guys have very, very valid points, and I think that they you got to bring those all up um and put them on the table when you look at this fight here. My problem with Devontae Davis is you got a guy that's just athletically gifted. And most athletically gifted guys are able to pull fights that they're losing because they're athletically more gifted than the guy they're facing. Uh, Leo Santa Cruz to me has shown two sides of him. Uh, at one time, we looked at him as a value, uh, value puncher, a one-trick pony. Gets him with Carl Frampton. Carl Frampton fought him at his own game and beat him. Mm-hmm. That Leo and his father decided to go back to the drawing board and show the world that there's more tricks up our sleeve than just the Valium puncher. You saw that he was able to jab and keep the fight in the outside, which confused Carl Frampton because he was training for the same pony that he had just raced. So when it comes to Tank Davis, you know what we're going to get. Whereas when I look at Leo, he is a smaller guy and physically Tank is a bigger guy with a more skill set because he has shown that and he's shown he's got power. What he has shown most, though, recently is his lack of discipline. That seems to be his, you know, Achilles, whereas Leo has always been consistent. You know, the only consistency that we didn't see from Leo for some time was him not fighting. And you remember that. A lot of us were like, when is this guy going to fight? When is he going to fight? You know, but other than that, when he comes and fights, he fights the same way. I think that, that what Leo can do is go out there, be a volume puncher. And if that doesn't work because cause he gets hit by a bigger guy, more athletic and faster guy, I think Leo can switch it up. I think him and his father... Is a great duel, great team. I think they're smart enough to go back and go. Okay, let's go to Plan B. To me, it's really up to what Tank decides to do, whether he's in shape or out of shape. I think he's going to have his hands full against Leo Santa Cruz. It's a very interesting fight. I I'm actually looking forward to this fight. I'm with uh, D style when I you know cringe. I cringe when I hear that people are saying he's washed up, he's done, and he's over with. Um, I think this guy still out a lot I definitely don't
2: think he. I definitely don't think any of that is true. Like, um,
1: you know, but I also, but I'm I also always going to
2: see him as the guy that avoided fighting Rigo when they were in the same division. Same and,
1: division. I agree with you. Yeah,
2: and, and that was that was That was 100, 122 pounds, which is a. I keep saying this, a, a totally different, a ball game. You know, um, and I could right. be biased too because. You know, I'll be the first to admit, I, I don't have any stake in this. I mean, it's not like I'm a big fan of either guy on a personal level. I'm looking forward to a good fight. But I don't really think Tank Davis has fought very high-level competition uh, consistently. But I was there live when he beat Jose Pedraza. And Jose Pedraza is a guy I have a, quite a bit of respect for. And he—he, right. he, you saw what happened to Jose Pedraza.
1: When he's on his A game, yeah. When he's on the And a game. That,
2: That's the only. I, I remember yeah. it vividly. I saw that live at the Barclays.
1: But do you um, think Pedraza is a smarter, is smarter fighter than Leo Santa Cruz? Let me ask you guys that. What is that? Do you think Pedraza is a smarter fighter than Leo Santa Cruz? No. A milk car? I don't think so.
2: Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. And I think Santa Cruz is, is very, very. Skilled and applies pressure very, very effectively. Um, but I think we're I, what, divided with this Mike, that, so. I, What I will say that though is that Jose Pedraza is a lot bigger and stronger than than Santa Cruz. And well, that and that, and that man, means a lot.
0: Uh, this pitcher ain't gonna let him beat him with a home run, man. But he, like I don't, I just don't think Tank's power is gonna bail him out this time. Like I don't think that's gonna happen. He's hmm. gonna have to beat beat the fight out of Deal, in my opinion. Yeah, I just stepped I mean, out. So he's yeah. 7 seven. He's got wide shoulders. I think people, are, in my opinion, are overestimating how small he is coming into this fight. You don't have to be a big, just because a guy doesn't punch hard doesn't mean he's weak. You know, like yeah. like, like like to give an example, Andre War was manhandling, you know, Kovalev in the fight. Now underworld's not a big puncher. You know what I mean? No. But you could tell he was stronger in there in the clinch. I'm not saying he's stronger than Tank. But I, I wouldn't overestimate how how small the a guy Leo is. That's, that's how I feel about it.
1: Man, I'm on the fence with this one, guys. I don't know who to pick on this one. I mean, it's I got to be honest. This is a tough call for me here. I think what I'm hearing is, d you're picking uh, Leo. And in a, a, a milk car, you're going... Um, <laughs> right You're now, going I'm leaning to tank, right tank now.
2: but at, at yeah. the same time, and this fight is almost three months away. So,
1: and let's remember uh, this: that a, a millcar does not like to make picks; he likes to wait for the weigh-ins. Guys, we're forcing this; yeah,
3: we're putting fight. them in
1: a very awkward position at this moment.
2: I <laughs> have no. Let's be real. honest; I have no idea what the hell Tank Davis has been doing during during the pandemic. Right? You know, we saw what he was doing between fights when there was no pandemic. I mean. I don't know what he's been doing. I don't know if he's been training or or, or whatnot. And you know what? Um, Mm. When it comes to being disciplined um, and, you know, showing that kind of level of professionalism, if we're going off that, I definitely have to give it to Santa Cruz. I'm just – when I'm picking fights, it's very difficult for me to pick um, guys that are moving up into weight classes um, to to fight – you know, in sure. in in, sure. in new divisions, it's it's very rare that I that I do that, and for me to do that with with Santa Cruz, would I I definitely have to see something that I haven't seen, um, necessarily just yet. But look, I, I at the same time I would not be comfortable, um, necessarily backing a guy like Tank just because of everything he's shown us in his past fights in terms of his Absolutely. dedication to the sport.
1: You, you, yeah, no, I, I agree with you here, and I think we're all on the same page right now. Um, I think the third fight that we see on this schedule, man, that is really the one standout here, is happening two weeks from now on August 15. David Benavides, man, is hundred, the 168 should be king, uh, stepping back into the ring who he was, uh, gonna fight before the whole COVID 19, uh, you know. Came down and said, "Nope, let's put everything in the hold against rumor Alexis Angulo." You know, no, not for nothing. Not a lot of folks know who uh, who Alexis Angulo is here, but let me ask you guys, uh, Amilkar, is this a fight to look forward to, or is this just a you know keep busy type of deal fight for David Benavides?
2: You know, it 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 always. It, it usually happens, you know, you look at a guy coming out of Colombia with like a very big record, a very good record, um, and you think, wow, what what is this guy capable of, and what have I missed? But when you look at uh, Romero Angulo, I mean, he is advanced in age. He's 36. Uh, he came up short against Alberto Ramirez, and... I do not see him defeating David Benavides, who I think is even ahead of Canelo in terms of being the top dog at 168. So, I think it's going to be a, a good fight in that um, Angulo is going to bring it, and David Benavides is going to fight fire with fire, which he always does. But that's I, what's I, going to
1: make it exciting. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's what's going to make it exciting, and I think that Benavides is going to is going to handle his business and. Um, and, and win this
1: fight. You know, I'm really high on Benavides. I mean, I think anybody that's tuned in, they know this, that how high I'm on the kid. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I, 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 oh God, man. I think it would be the gift of the gods that they just, of boxing gods that they decided to say, Hey, we're going to, you know, since we gave you a really shitty 2020, we're going to give you 2021 <laughs> starting off with him and Canelo rolling out the carpet for us. I think that would be the <laughs> fight that we all were looking for. Right. And that what would have been great, there, man. Right, that'd be just like holy shit! Thank you, you know what I mean? Um, D style, what do you think, man? This is this. They keep busy fight. Uh, this is a fight that you really aren't going to care for, or what?
0: I don't know what's in the water in Colombia. A lot of Colombians could punch. Like I'll, I'll give them that, but uh, I just think he's going to bite off more than he can chew here. I, I think Dave a is the best 168 pounder in the world. You know that. That's including Canelo. I don't think Canelo could beat him. You know, but that that's a different story. But I agree. Um a- anyone who says like just, as soon as um I forgot who said he's gonna come right at him then that's well that's great right for us, it ain't gonna be good for what like, I, mean, I think I think it's fighting uh, inside the distance there. I think it's in inside mm-hmm. the distance.
1: Let me uh, let me get a pat- let me patch in the caller here really quick and get their take of what they think of what's going to happen between David Benavides and uh, uh, rumor Alexis Angulo. Uh, Emily boxing, you're on live on leading the ring. What do you think? What do you think about that fight? That's one fight there that you should be uh, completely interested in.
4: Yeah, I'm working the fight, so I'm not going. I don't think, but I'm working for for Samson, and obviously. You know, you know my history with the Benavides family, so I'm obviously gonna pick David. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, mid-round, mid, mid-fight knockout, mid-round knockout.
1: I mean, that's not fair. I mean, you know, you're just, just straight up coming on there, being. You're not even hiding it. I mean, oh, I thought you sorry. were gonna hide a little bit of it. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Um.
4: Yeah. <laughs> well, when, uh, when you said, when you said, okay, let's talk about this fight, I was like. I'm gonna to listen to these guys and see what they say, and then but you guys, you guys are cool. No, I think well, I, mean, he's, I think he's, <laughs> I obviously, obviously, I think he's special. He's always been special. You know, he didn't have any amateur background. I think they say the attend fights. And wait, I, wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. What do you mean special? Like on a short bus special, or are you? What do we? what No, me here. No, no. Okay, got to be a, clear. He's a, he's, a,
4: he's a special talent. You know, he's ah, he's a uh, special talent. And he's gotcha. devoted, he's dedicated He, you know He really takes this seriously And, you know, when you look at the difference between him and his brother All his fighters take
1: seriously, Emily I mean, be honest, yeah. they wouldn't be fighters if they didn't take it seriously
4: Yeah, know, okay right? But, well, I mean, he is a special you know.
1: fighter He is, a, I mean, that there I think you're on point about This guy is very special, I mean well, well, you know, he
0: doesn't take it serious, so I don't know what he's talking about there Go ahead oh, I agree He like, got getting, me uh,
1: you guys I got took, me there. A, a
2: few more too.
1: <laughs> so I look, think Prince's
2: team before Barrera. He didn't take that very seriously
4: either. Oh
1: my God! Made me take out my other foot out of my mouth now. Thanks. I guys. know.
4: I was like, really, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm, what I'm, you know, even the difference between the brothers. Like Junior had the raw talent and he had the, you know, the amateur background. But hmm. David, from the time I've known him since he was what eight or nine years old, he. I mean he's a boxing fan and and he studies the sport like he watches everything and ha- has long known you know he just sees things that other people don't and it's just an amazing it's amazing to watch and it's it's interesting how different his style is from juniors too so I don't know I've just really enjoyed watching him come into his his own and and become a champion you when you're
1: working this when you're working this fight here, okay are you are you like speaking to David Benavides, or are you are you just working on the uh, logistics of what's leading up to the to fight night?
4: Both. I mean, I talk to David occasionally, but mm-hmm. I talk to him more outside of the fights. I guess, like you know, we talk about our families, and but um, mostly during camp, I deal with Jose Senior because he you know maintains the schedule and mm-hmm. um, everything. So, but yeah, but so how also was helping with spirit, that.
1: So let me ask you, how's his spirit about this fight? Is it any different from any, any fight, or, or do you see, like, a change? Like, is there, like, a little bit more excitement, or is this, like, he knows that this is just another fight for him to get closer to what his goal is?
4: Um, you know, he's, he's preparing like he always does. I mean, there's not a big difference there, but obviously he has his sights set on different fights, bigger fights. Right. Um but you know, he's not gonna he's not gonna look past this guy, but I mean, I think right now they're just really, really focused on trying to keep him healthy, trying to keep, you know, people out of the gym, just generally trying to make sure that we don't have any issues leading into the fight, um, with COVID or whatever. And um yeah, I mean it it's it's everybody it it seems low stress, let me give you that. Like it seems like nobody's real tense.
1: Mm -hmm. and what other extra things that he's doing right now because of the COVID-19 I mean it's only two weeks out and uh as we just saw this past weekend with Stephen uh um that he got tested with the uh, COVID-19 it it has has David done any testing yet or or how close are you guys waiting for him to get tested to see if this is going to even follow through
4: I don't think he's He's been tested. He certainly doesn't have any any symptoms. There's nobody around him that's tested positive. Mm-hmm. Um, he's they're being very careful. They're not letting anyone into the gym. They're, um, you know, his training partners are static. They don't change. His sparring partners don't change, and everybody's on a very strict, you know, protocol of hand washing and mask wearing and all of that. I think they're even wearing N95 masks which will prevent them from, you know, in, inhaling the virus. So I've seen Jose wearing one of those, um, and David. So I, do, I think they're just being really careful.
1: That's good. That's good to hear. Now, I don't know if the, other, if the guys have any questions for you here, but just really quick, because I know Milkar was planning to bid his house on this fight. What round did you say that David Benavides was going to win? Six. Ooh, six. There you go, Milkar. Put it down.
4: And guys, do you have any you have questions for Emily? That. You
0: have to give me a <laughs> percentage, of course, but, yeah. But I'm, I'm going to the bookie right now, right? Right now to <laughs> the bookie.
1: Uh, guys, you got anything for uh, Emily here? No, I mean, uh,
2: oh,
3: I it's,
2: been, it's been nice hearing those things about the camp because it's uh, always a question at these times, like how the guys are handling training under these conditions.
4: Yeah, they're doing well. And he's his wife is pregnant. His girl his girlfriend wife is pregnant. Um, she's due I think in a two months, so you know, he's gearing up for that and I don't know, it just it, it does it does I do have the sense that, you know, they're obviously taking it seriously, but I do have the sense that it's a low stress camp and it could be because of COVID they're not having a lot of the distractions you'd normally have, like uh media days and, and fans coming in and that kind of stuff.
1: Right, that makes sense. Well, there you go, Emily here, uh, you thanks. know, gracing in our air, airwaves here by, you know, shining in and telling us about the Benavides camp and keeping our, you know, telling us our hopes should stay there because this fight's going to happen. Emily, yeah, thanks I'm, for the call in. I, I appreciate it.
0: I'll send my address for the check for what I said about Benavides and all
4: that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Lisa. Was that DeSalle saying was, that? Yeah, it D-style. is uh, <laughs> Yeah, Eric, all right. I got you. All right. All right, thanks, all right, Emily. Guys. Bye. Oh, man.
1: She's so funny, dude. I love her, man. She's the greatest. Anyways, uh, here back on Leaving Ring. we got to move on. We got still uh, one more topic to talk about. We got 22 minutes left here on the clock. And if I don't fit this in, I think car will be upset with me because this is a topic he wanted to talk about. But it's a great, interesting topic. The topic is the heavyweight tournament. I'm excited about it. You know, I think it's this is really great for boxing. Uh, you know, you got uh, Anthony Joshua versus, uh, you know, uh, Pulev. Y- y- we still got the Shizor and Usyk, which I was surprised though. Milkar, is that still even? I mean, guys, is that still even on?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I saw this come into my news feed this morning and um, mm-hmm. on the World Boxing News website, and I, I, it's not anything. It, it is official in a sense that this is what the sanctioning bodies are. are if they do enforce their rules, this is what's going to happen. Um, what I did hear from David Henry recently, though, is that Chisora will not fight in, like, a studio um, or without a crowd. Apparently, he's, psychologically, he feeds off of crowds, and it's very important that he fights the crowd, so he says that he's not going to fight Usyk, uh if there's no crowd, so Chisora might be the fighter in that group of um, of eight that might be replaced, but yeah, I mean Joshua. Has well, in that same up. that
1: same bracket, really quick, you know, yeah. within that bracket, you you have Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, number three, the trilogy right, in their rematch, and then, yep. In the, yep, and then you got uh, Dillian White uh, with uh, Pavekian that still yep, which is uh, happening yeah. this month, yep. I believe. Okay. It's happening this month, so there hasn't been any changes there. Now, nope. you know, from left to right, you know, from the right side, from WBC, uh, if whoever wins the third match, the rubber match, will automatically the face the winner The winner of
2: Beckett and White.
1: White, exactly. And then going to the left uh, bracket, the winner between uh, Joshua and and, and, and Puliv would have to face the winner of Usyk. And Shazor, and then they yeah, will eventually. Well,
2: offensively... Usyk has that fight. He's chosen to fight Shazora. So yeah.
1: No, I'm saying the winner of Shazora and, and 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 Usyk would have to fight is the winner of Joshua and Pulev.
2: Yes, because the WBO would enforce their mandatory. Right. And yes. Anthony Joshua would have to defend the WBO title.
1: You know, yeah. really, I think the 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 the. the if I had to have an insurance of who I think would win, um, right now, like off the top of my head, I, I have to, my eyes would have to roll over to the WBC and look at the Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder rubber match. I was feel confident, still picking Tyson Fury. I, I think that, that the De- Deontay Wilder, um, has got a lot on his plate, man. You know, um, style, what do you think, man? Do you think that's the easiest one, the easiest picking there, of prediction-wise of saying, yeah, I'm confident I, that this person would win? I, I no, to actually, in this no. One. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I, am, I understand why people are con Don't get me wrong. I understand why you're confident about it, but when you look at it, you know, when you look at the fight frame by frame, the way it, it happened, you know, let's not forget the first fight did happen, and, and he dropped Fury twice. That's how Fury uh, boxed him and should have won a decision. But that let me know that Wilder could hurt him. Like I know that's possible. You know? Right. So there's that aspect. Also, that's I still stand by what I saw that night. I've watched the fight several times. I think that shot, which is perfectly legal. I'm not arguing it's illegal or anything. There's people saying that, but you know, he got hit you know, in the back of the ear. And that's kind of similar to how, like Roy Jones, we we're talking about a murder. How he got hit by Danny Green. Only Roy Jones went out, and and Wilder stayed on his feet. And I do wonder. I mean, he was still fighting for about five rounds off balance, and Fury couldn't yeah. get him out of there. It's very un- unlikely he's going to catch him like that early again. So I still feel even if Fury wins, it's not going to be as easy as the second, the second fight. Unless there's some psychological issues going on, which can yeah. happen. But but there's that also, I have to question, uh, we're all right about Tank, but, I mean, Fury is pretty similar. Fury will show up to fight, so you're like, what the hell is going on? And he's going life and death with Wallen, you know what I mean? And, and you know, so
3: mm.
0: he's not a consistent guy. Look, here's a fact about Fury. Fury's never defended a belt, okay? It's never happened. Every time he wins a belt, he vacates it, or he leaves. He oh, that's happen. true. Yeah, what about the, the lineal
2: championship? It. He defended that.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> 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 I guess he did, you know? Uh, I guess he I mean, did. There I was, there was, there belt, belt, there was
2: but... Giannetta. There was uh Safiri. There was uh, yeah. Tom Schwartz. I mean, he's made multiple defenses of the lineal championship.
0: Well, if you count that, then you got me, right? But... You know, at the end of the day, man, he um, he's not a consistent guy, you know. And when you think about it, like the Fury fight, he was supposed to give him an immediate rematch, and then it never happened. And and I yeah. just feel like, can Fury get focused like that again? Like, it, can he do it back-to-back? Back? I don't really remember him doing it. So I think what's not interesting
2: to us is that, and it's a great point these if the governing bodies enforce these mandatories, right, mm-hmm. everyone would have to win three to become Right? So, and, and that's that's no small order because, as you said, with the brackets, David, Fury would have to beat Wilder, and then he'd have to fight the winner of Pavekin and White, which honestly at this point I think would be Dillian White, and then he'd have to fight whoever comes out of out of the other side, Um and, you know, that will likely be Anthony and Joshua. What do, what do you think, yeah. David? You, you also see, see Joshua coming out of the other side, no?
3: I see. You know,
2: it could be Usyk. I'm saying it could be Usyk.
1: You know, I, I mean, honestly, I look at these matches here, and, and, and really because, for one, they're heavyweights, okay? So, as we know, uh, in a heavyweight fight, uh, one punch can change everything. You know, White can show up as well, how the way he showed up on the undercard of Andy. They, they went, oh, they seem to have, Andy. yeah, they kind of just went to the same training uh, regimen. Um, so, I mean, if he shows yeah. up like that, I mean, he, Povekian has a hell of a chance of taking that fight there, yeah. you know, yeah. now going with Anthony, uh, with Joshua against Poliv, I mean, the thing with, with Joshua, has he, is he mentally there yet? Is he back? I don't know yet. The way he fought Andy Ruiz is he fought like he was a featherweight that didn't want to be touched by a heavyweight, you know? <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, and then Usyk, Usyk has become the t- TikTok heavyweight. He's got more dance moves right now than I've seen him back in the ring. Now, take nothing in a way, I think the guy is a great cruiserweight, but I just haven't seen him as a heavyweight yet. And well, we did, but we saw a, a, a recuperating cruiserweight that debuted as a heavyweight. You know, so I think there's still a lot of questions there. And Chazor, if he gets his act together and he gets out of this, well, I need a crowd. You know, whatever. And I think he's the guy. He's the right guy to test him. But I, don't, I, think, I'm like, I don't think I'm in love with you, Amokar. I think that he's gonna. Knock himself out of this fight, and we're going to see Usyk with somebody else. And I, I think right, automatically, Usyk's going to be the challenger for the for the IBO and IBF uh, and, and WBO WBA to to Anthony Joshua <laughs> or what, what What's what do you th- what do you think, Why Are you laughing in the background? What you got?
0: But, but I, I just I just trying to figure it out, I mean, We have, we've been in this pandemic since March, right? Right. As yeah. far as like lockdowns and all like. Like, Chisora's just, just, of just, like, figuring this out. And he's just like, like oh, shit, what do you mean, O'Crowth? I mean, so, like, where the
2: hell has this dude been? Chisora's yeah. one of the greatest characters, as far as I'm concerned, in all of boxing. Like, I, I followed him for a long time. Um, his his press conferences are insane. I mean, the were you guys – you guys must have seen the press conference he had for the – when he fought Parker and it was on the undercard of the World Boxing Super Series and he was talking about how he was getting yep. fucked you know, with no Vaseline. Um, yeah, there's yeah. the incident with, with David Hay where uh, David Hay glassed him.
1: Glassed with a, him. With
2: bottle. Yep. He, right? me. he, me. Yeah, he yep. glassed me. He glassed me. There was the table-turning incident and throwing incident with, uh, with, with Dillian <laughs> White in their first fight. By the way, two of the greatest heavyweight fights I've seen recently, by the way, uh, were between White and Chisora. And um then of course there was the, the Sky Sports Round Table thing where, you know, they're face to face and they're asking each other who's the donkey now.
3: <laughs> I mean <laughs> 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 I
2: laughing every time I think of it. <laughs> who's the donkey now? Um I mean he's just he's just a character. Uh and yeah, he said that he's <laughs> He's not going to fight unless there's a crowd. So, I mean, it, it's. It, I guess he's not going to fight because there's not going to be a crowd. So who know? Who knows if um.
3: If I just who, want to know, Pete. Did Oral he
1: say that when he was? I I just I wonder if he said that shirtless in boxers eating waffles. I'm not doing it, mate. I'm not <laughs> fighting unless there's a crowd. <laughs> yeah.
2: And yeah. David Hay, who's his manager, is <laughs> yeah. like, look, he's stubborn. If he says something, it's hard to change his mind, kind of thing. Um, and he's just not going to do it because he thinks it's it's like very important to him to have guys cheering for him. And if you've seen him fight in England, like the guys in England do really support him with the chanting and the singing and all of that. So who knows? But I mean, who else? Who? That's a good question. Who do you guys see filling in for Chisora if he doesn't if he doesn't take that fight?
1: I say give it to Andy Ruiz. Yeah. You know.
2: I was I thinking mean, that. I was yeah, thinking that really that Parker already, might sure? be a good a good choice too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Andy like Reid Parker. Parker. Yeah, I mean either one of those guys is well. I mean Andy Reid is just a name factor. Um, shitty performance last performance against uh, AJ. But I mean if you wanted a third match with AJ, if AJ gets past is this is the way to get back in line. Get in there. With it upique, is. Great beat point. him. Yeah. And then you, you automatically have that third ma- that third match that you've been asking for, you know, which is now not a handout that you're asking for. That's what's turning off fans. Is that you you automatically you automatically feel I should get that because I gave it to the to to Anthony the first after I beat him. Well, yeah, I mean because it was in such great fashion. What about Michael? Everybody Hunter? wanted to see. Michael Hunter? Mm. A rematch with Michael Hunter, yeah. I mean With Usyk, I mean it was such a gut. Yeah. I think it was such a one-sided uh, uh, boxing match. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, everything could be different in the heavyweight division, but I, I, I would accept it. The other but name it I was thinking about was my... Oscar
2: Rivas, maybe Oscar Rivas. Um,
1: Not a very popular name. I mean, oh, it, it's yeah, it's, I it's an acceptable. It's, it's, an, it's going to be an acceptable name to accept because Usyk needs a dance partner, but it's one of the names I would pull out of the hat and want to see. No, the, the two names that I would want to see is either going to be Andy Ruiz or Joseph Parker. Those are the names I yeah, would, would say. Yes, that would make sense because even Parker gave uh, Anthony Joshua a hell of a fight. And and the ref no. and the ref was in a lot of oh in, in in a lot of ways in that middle in the middle of that fight that didn't allow Parker to do a lot of stuff that he could have done in that fight. So there is unfinished yeah, finished I, business. I.e. fighting. Yep. Absolutely. I think this whole – that whole bracket is, is really good. It's uh the only one that's still questionable. Up in the air is the one we're talking about, is which is Usyk and Shijora. But the other guys, I think, is the COVID-19 uh, doesn't interrupt it. We got some good heavyweight fights here, guys, here. um Hey, we're up Hi, to man. the end of our show here. um Guys, Ed, again, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you tune in this Wednesday. Uh, Christy Barnes is going to be joining the Hispanics Causing Panics, uh, D-Style, and G Funk, yeah, yeah. and then as always, you're gonna find us here on Monday nights. We apologize for apologize for last week for not being live on the air, but we're back. A milk no car myself. Yes, there was no video. Um, we're still getting that all together, and uh, you know, speaking to Kenny, and uh, we're wishing everybody to be safe out there. Don't drink and drive, please, because you will spill your beer. Fellas, it was fun talking boxing here on leaving the ring. Till next week.
2: Thanks, Dave. Hey. Thanks, D